Welcome to the Behind Their Business Podcast, the show that's peeling back the curtain and showing what's actually happening behind the scenes of running a business. I'm your host, Steph Blake, and each week you'll hear from women at all levels of business who are showcasing their stories of struggle and triumph as they juggle business ownership with day-to-day life. Join us to hear inspiring stories and strategies for starting and growing your own business. Hey everybody, Steph Blake here, and I am so glad that you are here for this week's episode. As usual, it is going to be amazing, so you are in for a treat. But before we dive into that episode, I want you to join our private and 100% free and supportive community for business owners to connect in called the Confident CEO Community. So if you have not joined us yet, here is your invitation to come and join us. Each week I also do a live training to share my best tips and tricks for scaling an online business the easy way. We talk about strategy, team building, mindset, tools, automation, and everything in between to help you confidently step into the CEO role in your business. So you can go to confidentceocommunity.com to join us today. And now let's dive in to this discussion with our incredible guest. All right, so this interview with our guest today, it's gonna be a little bit all over the place because we're gonna talk about a couple of different topics, but they're all really great and I'm excited to dive into them. So first she's gonna talk about managing a business with a chronic illness, how she has tapped into her intuition as a business owner, and her insights on living and working in Australia. And I know a lot of people, well, everybody who listens to this podcast is all over the world, but getting this country specific insight is going to be pretty cool, I think. And um, in her business, she also helps business owners in the health and wellness industry manage their clients, their events, and their systems so that they can find balance, which is something that we all love. She and her team are essentially the right hand that you never knew you needed in your business. So you can learn more about her on her Instagram at Evolve Virtual Support. So welcome, 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 Ashley Ryan. I am so glad that you are here today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be chatting to you. I am so excited for this conversation because we're going to go all over the place, but yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to write it in. So first, let's talk a little bit about your background, like why you even wanted to start a business in the first place. Yeah. So um, I have a very diverse background when it comes to like my working career. I've sort of tried everything over the course of my 20s and dabbled in a lot of things, but I ended up working in um, musical theatre, which is what I studied at university. And that was my full-time job for a couple of years, which was super exciting, but also incredibly stressful and just became my whole life. And um, yeah, just kind of like dictated the last few years of my 20s. And it got to the point where I ended up leaving that job the middle of last year because I became quite unwell and I took a few months off and I knew had known for ages. I mean, my interest in my personal time had always been in the health and wellness space, you know, learning about nutrition and learning about self-development and meditation and like leaning into all of those things in my personal time. And over the years like this, I, I had just thought I really just want to work in that space one day, but I didn't really know how. I didn't really see that happening for myself. And so when I quit my full-time job last year and took a few months off to sort of get well again and think about what I wanted for the future, I was thinking about how I could sort of work in that space. And I had seen the role of a virtual assistant mentioned a few times, which is something that I hadn't really heard about before. I didn't really know what it was. And so as I started to explore that area a little bit more, I realized I I could really target the 
the health and wellness industry and work with the people that I'd looked up to and who had helped me over the course of the last few years as well in my own health journey. Um, and so I started working as a virtual assistant uh, just over a year ago now. Um, so, and I've sort of transitioned over that time to different roles. I've given myself, you know, promotions and work to being, I'm now working as a project manager and an online business manager for beautiful business owners in the health and wellness space. Um, so I help them, as you said, manage their businesses so they can systemize, optimize and find balance again, because what I was finding is a lot of the people I was speaking to in that industry were, they're all such givers, you know, they give so much of their energy to help other people's wellness, but they don't necessarily give that time back to themselves. And so that's sort of the role I created for myself. And now I'm doing that full time, which is really exciting and incredibly rewarding. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. So can you dive into just a little bit about, let's start with your chronic illness first. Cause I know that you, I know this is something that you don't necessarily talk a lot about. So feel free to share whatever you're comfortable with sharing, yeah. but I would just love to hear if you're willing to share details about like what it is, when you found of out course. about it, um, just anything that would be helpful for the people listening to kind of like paint of the picture course. for them. Yeah, so um, I was diagnosed early last year with a chronic condition called fibromyalgia. Um, fibromyalgia is essentially um, a chronic condition that causes widespread muscle pain and tenderness in the body. It's also accompanied by other really fun symptoms like insomnia, fatigue, memory, your, your memory can get affected and um, mood, you know, some mood stuff as well, which is all great. Um, so. Basically, I had been diagnosed with that early last year after a whole almost 18 months of tests. I had been sick for a really long time. The way you get diagnosed with fibromyalgia is sort of through like a trial and error. Like you go through a lot of other tests first that get, you know, signed off as no, that's not it before you actually get diagnosed with fibromyalgia because it can be very hard to diagnose, which is why it took me so long to get diagnosed. You sort of go through tests for lupus and tests for rheumatoid arthritis and leukemia and like all of these things where the doctors think that might be it um, before, you know, realizing that actually it's fibromyalgia. So I had been sick for quite some time um, and then it all came to a head as the pandemic hit last year. My industry working in musical theatre was heavily impacted. It was the first industry to shut down at the time and the stress of trying to, you know, keep my job and manage all of the changes that were happening, I didn't realise were causing such chronic stress on me that all the symptoms, I had like a massive flare up that um, left me really not in a good state. And so that, that was around the time that I got diagnosed. Um, fibromyalgia also, it, it really mimics like an autoimmune disease, like symptoms of an autoimmune disease, but rather than attacking the body, it it doesn't sort of have that that sort of impact, but it can weaken the immune system and all of that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's it's generally just a, a widespread muscle um, and tenderness condition. Um, some people who have fibromyalgia suffer with that every single day when they wake up, which I am very blessed to not um, be on that extreme level. My fibromyalgia flares up when I am in periods of intense stress or when I'm not looking after myself, when I'm overworking, overcommitting um, and not taking any downtime. So that's, that's sort of what I'm, what I'm dealing with and I will be dealing with for the rest of my life. But thankfully over the course of the last 12 months or so, I've been able to 
figure out what does and doesn't work for me and find the support that I need in order to run a business and be well majority of the time as well. And it was a big push, I guess, as well for me to start my own business because I couldn't imagine going back to a corporate job or a full-time job and having those periods happen and not being able to just take the time to recover or rest. So I sort of created this business so that it would work in my favour. I could do a good job but also take the time I needed to to sort of serve that that condition that I've got. Oh my gosh, I love that. And I love the flexibility that you've given yourself, not just for your life, but so that you can, like you said, like manage this illness that you have as well. Yeah. So I think that's great. Yeah. Now, I know you touched on this just a little bit. You said that you've been able to structure your life and your business in a way that allows you to be your best yeah. self, but do you have any like specific routines that you go through or have you structured things? Like what, what does your structure look like? I guess. Again, it's been trial and error. I didn't like, <laughs> I sort of um, stuffed up a lot along the way to figure out what works for me. I think when I first started my business last year, I went and recreated the, the stress and the format from my previous job without even realizing it, you know, like over committing, taking on too many clients, taking on too much work. And I was getting myself to that place of burnout again, which is where you know, I, I trigger all of those symptoms. So I sort of had, 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 have had to, sorry, reassess a couple of times if things are working for me and I pivot accordingly. And I think I've given into that more, like given into not having one way of doing things and not being so firmly set on my business looking one way. I've kind of become a bit more flexible in, in how my business looks and how it might look in the future. And I've been willing to pivot a little bit more. Um, with with my fibromyalgia, the best ways I've found to manage it is through talk therapy, so seeing a psychologist, and through um, stress reduction. So I've really had to think, okay, how in my business, which is stressful, running a business is stressful, running a business on your own is stressful, how can I reduce that stress in the most impactful way for me. And so what that looks like now, which it didn't look like a few months ago until I made some changes, is I've reduced my clients. I no longer have as many clients. I was, I think at one point, that the most I had was about nine or 10 clients. And while the workload was not very manageable, but it, it, there's that mental strain. I think you you would probably know from your experience when you, you're doing a task for a certain client and then you've got it, you, okay, I've got two hours for this client, then I've got two hours for this client, then I've got one hour. Even that, that time it takes to switch from client A to client B, the mental shifting that it takes to move into like a new task or a new project, that was really draining me. And so what I found by taking on less clients, but at more hours, like individually, I haven't had to like have that mental strain of like flicking so often between different clients, which has helped massively. I've also restructured my week. So I've set my hours now while I know that, you know, people who run their own businesses can set the hours that work for them and they don't need to reflect a corporate nine to five. For me, a nine to five works perfectly. And I haven't had a job where a nine to five has been really realistic, particularly in musical theatre. It was all hours as a nighttime entertainment business. But for me, nine to five works beautifully. I can have a really nice, nourishing, slow morning. And then I finish with enough time in the afternoon to wind down, go for a walk, have a slow dinner, have a hot shower, meditate, all of the things I need to do to keep myself balanced. So I'm pretty rigid when it comes to sticking to sort of like a nine to five calendar for myself, um, making sure I take a lunch break, all of those things, just because that's 
how I best keep myself, um, yeah, in, in a good state to be able to do good work for my clients. And then something else that I've introduced in the last few months, which has been massive, is having one day a week that I call my CEO day. And that's just for me and my business. It's not a day where I do client work. It's a day where I, you know, do my own accounting or I do social media content or I do a course that I've purchased and I've worked work my way through. That's a day for me. But what it serves as is a buffer so that if I have a day in the week or a couple of days where I'm unwell and I actually can't get through as much work as I have planned to, it's like an overflow day. And my clients know that's a day for me. So I, I'm not really getting emails. I'm not having any meetings. It's just like a spare day in my week that if I need to push work into, I've got that there. And that has just been such a game changer for me in terms of stress. If something goes wrong, even if it's not health wise, you know, there's tech days where things screw up and it pushes all your deadlines back and whatever. It's just this beautiful little buffer day that means I don't need to be working weekends to catch up on work anymore. And I don't need to be working late nights. Um, so yeah, they're, they're the things I've really found that, that support me and also making time for my own wellness, you know, going back to the gym, making sure with fibromyalgia, one of the things that can help lessen the symptoms, even though it seems really counterintuitive with muscle pain is exercise. So making sure I'm going to yoga, doing ocean swims, like making time to actually make that a priority, which I didn't do in the first six to nine months of my business. I just went all in on my business and you know, I started to see the flags of like, okay, you need to change something because you're going to burn out again and get unwell again. So I think I've found a really beautiful flow to my week now that feels nourishing. And I feel like I'm doing better work for my clients now because I've made those changes, which to be honest, at the end of the day is what it's all about. I want to be doing good work for my clients and showing up every day, the best version of myself. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. There's so many things that I want to unpack here, but that that was all, that was all so good. So the first thing that I want to talk about just very, very briefly is the CEO day. I also have, I have two buffer days. I don't necessarily call them CEO days because I always am in the CEO. That's the the mindset that I like to be in, but I I call them buffer days. (laughs) Yeah. So their Mondays and Fridays are my buffer days where I don't schedule anything, no calls, nothing. It's like my time to be with my son. And then when he naps, maybe I'll work if I can, um, usually not though, (laughs) but, um, another thing that you were talking about was the switching back and forth. So that's called context switching. I don't know if you are familiar with that term, but I wasn't. Yeah. So it's, it's a real thing. And on, I actually, I've talked about this a bunch in the past, but on average it takes, uh, I'm now I'm going to forget the stats, but it's like something like 20 minutes to like, to switch between tasks, like in your mental capacity. So you're actually only working like out of an eight hour workday. I think you're only actively working two hours because you're constantly going back and forth with the context switching. Yeah. I know it's crazy. It's crazy. It just makes such a difference. Doesn't it? Like that has been a really big thing that I didn't realize was impacting me so much. Like it's not even the time it takes to like log out of these, this client's platforms and log out of these systems and log into these ones. It's just that mental, like, okay, now I'm, now I'm doing social media or now I'm like writing emails or now like switching from task to task was just draining and exhausting in a way that I didn't really realize was impacting me till I made that shift. So Mm -hmm. it's huge. Oh, it it really is. Even, even just things like in your own business too, like going from, for example, like writing social media content or 
I don't know, let's just say writing social media content to like planning out dates for your next launch. Those are two totally different things. And (laughs) even though you're in your own business, you don't have to like log out of different things, but you need to give yourself like that mental capacity to focus on those things at the right time, which is why I like to do those in like chunks. I hate that word. Well, no, I know, but yeah. (laughs) But like, I don't know other, another way to say it, like focus on blocks. Perfect. Yeah. Focus on specific things at one time. So, like, I'm going to do all of my social media content today, and I'm not going to look at it for another month. Yeah, that's how I've always gotten around that, and it's always been really helpful. Because, yeah, I agree. When I had my agency and when I worked with corporate, I was working with like 15 to 30 clients at a time. So it was like, yeah, constant, yeah, bombardment into my brain. That's how it feels. That's totally how it feels. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Between like your clients emailing you, and then like your team reaching out, and then like just the stuff that you need to do. And if you have a family, like your partner texts you, and you're like, yeah, yeah, talking to me. (laughs) A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Totally. That's actually another thing. Just quickly, that I introduced to my business recently that's made a huge difference. What I had done when I started my business as the people pleaser that I was, was that, you know, it's when, when I set up communication with my clients, it was, however you want to communicate with me best, let's just do that. If you want to email me, great. If you want to box me, great. If you want to WhatsApp me, great. So I had like, you know, I had a client who would inbox me in my Instagram with tasks. Like it was all over the place and it was so stressful. Now that I've streamlined that all to everyone on Slack, it is just like, such a game changer. I don't have constant notifications. I go into Slack at certain times of the day when I'm mentally prepared to deal with those things. Obviously my clients can contact me at other times if things can go wrong, if things go wrong, but it's so streamlined now. And that has made a huge difference to my stress levels. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, always it's little things. It's, yeah. oh, it's amazing. But like yeah. you, you sort of, you don't, you don't realize sometimes till you make the change, just how much that was impacting your stress, your mental load, your capacity to do work all of those things. So, well, and also your boundaries. Yeah, no, absolutely. And also the boundaries with your clients too. Totally. Totally. Which I, I mean, know which you've I just let run away with me. Like, yeah, I did. I had no boundaries because I was like, what are boundaries? But I have learned the hard way that it is definitely something to address early on and people respect you for them. You know, my clients have their own boundaries. So why shouldn't I, and why shouldn't you? And yeah, it's a big piece. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I struggled that with that in the beginning too, because like you said, you just, you want your clients to know that you're like loving on them and supporting them, yeah. but then yeah. you're putting your health and sanity and like yep. everything yep. on the back burner because Absolutely. you want to make sure that you're doing the best things for your own clients. Yeah. 100%. yeah. Totally get that. Oh, another thing that you mentioned was in the beginning of your business, you were talking about how you um, like basically burned yourself out on accident because you were coming in with this like employee mindset, which yeah, also totally normal because people don't realize when you're starting your own business, this is your business, right? Like this yeah. is like a new company that you're starting. Like you are like the CEO of this new little company that you're starting, yeah. even if it's just you, right? Yeah, so yeah. really switching out of that employee mindset can be hard for people because it's like, you don't know what you don't know, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, yeah. I found um, that whole switching out of the employee mindset has been a really big challenge for me. And I think it is because what you said, you want to love on your clients. Like you want them to feel special and you want them to feel important and you want them to feel like, you know, my role is a support role. I want them to feel supported at any point. But what I had done basically is like 
my last job, I used to work, you know, sometimes six, seven days a week, really, really long hours, no time off, available all the time. Like check my emails first thing in the morning, check my emails at nine, respond straight away to things. Like that was the, the cultural norm of the job I was in. Um, and so when I started my business, if someone would message me or if someone would ask for something done, I would drop everything and do it, which, you know, is fine if you do that for one person. But when you're doing that for six, seven, eight people, you're just constantly under this pressure and under this stress to be delivering. And you set yourself a precedent, you know, for, for a client who you're willing to drop everything for and, and deliver within a couple of hours. One, the quality of work's not particularly great. And also, they come to expect that, which is normal. You know, you'd come to expect that when I ask Ash for a task, even if it's last minute, she'll do it. She'll get it done. So I had I had set that myself up like that accidentally. Like I never set out to make myself sick or make myself, you know, at, at everyone's beck and call, but I had just been a real people pleaser, and a real yes person and, and really tried to be that support person for every single one of my clients in a way that, might have supported them but didn't support me so it was I think it was just before it was April this year I was I had taken my first holiday while I since having my business and I had tried to deliver everything that I would normally deliver to a client within four weeks within a two-week period so that I could take two weeks off so I just like worked around the clock I was just like working every weekend working every night blah blah and so I got to my holiday completely burnt out because like I had just you know, stuck to my guns like that because that would have been expected in my last job. That's how we operated. You know, you, you don't pass your work over to someone else, you get the job done. So I had learned that the hard way early on. And I think it was in that holiday that I was like, okay, things need to change. But it did take me a while to implement that change too. You know, it's not till you sort of, for me at least, until I repeated a pattern over and over again and felt shit about it. And I'm like, okay, something needs to change that you actually start taking those action steps to you know, make a shift and, and make things work for you. And like I said, I think I've lent more into the flexibility of like, okay, I'm going to, this isn't working. I'm going to try this. Okay. That's not working. I'm going to try this. And so instead of beating myself up about the fact that I haven't gotten it right the first time, I'm a lot more flexible these days with like seeing if something works out. And if it doesn't trying something else and not being so hard on myself, because it's like, I've never run a business before. I don't know what works. I don't know what, what works for me, what works for my clients. So I think just having that openness and that flexibility. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the two things that matter most to me is that I'm doing good work for my clients and that I'm well and healthy enough to do that work. So that's kind of what has kind of become a compass for me when I'm making these decisions moving forward. Yeah. And I mean, that's totally normal for the first couple of years of business too, because it's, it's kind of all, it's all trial and error. Like you don't, yeah. you don't really know <laughs> unless you like work with somebody who shows you how to do it. Exactly. in the right way, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. um, also when you were talking about like that always on mentality, I can relate to that so much yeah. because that's how my corporate job was too. And I, I don't know yeah. if it's a corporate thing. Maybe, I don't know. I worked at an agency though. So like we were okay. a digital marketing agency. So it was like yeah. constantly crazy busy. And like, yeah, we were working with franchisors, franchisees. So it was like, literally hundreds of people contacting you at all yeah. times. So yeah. yeah. One of my favorite tricks though, that I learned took me way too long to learn this is um, if you're communicating with clients and email is to schedule your emails. So it's like, you can yes. respond to like, if you're working, you shouldn't be doing this, but if you are working at like 10 PM, 
you can schedule those emails. So they go out like the next morning. Yeah. 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 That's huge. That's, Mm -hmm. that's something like I actually did do in my last full-time job and I haven't really done it. I had to do it recently because I've sort of really stuck stuck to these hours, but it's true. It's like, if I, if I want to be working late at night, because it suits me, I don't expect my clients to be bombarded with emails and vice versa as well. Like scheduling those to a time where, you know, someone's going to be at their desk is actually a really nice thing to do and also helps your sanity. What I've found as well, that's really helped me. And some people maybe don't get triggered by this, but I think it stems from my last job is like email notifications, just like stress me out. Even if I can just see the subject line come up on my phone, even if I know how to do it, or I know that I've got to do it tomorrow, just seeing stuff come up for me is like triggering. So I've just turned off email notifications on my phone. And I'm like, I don't, once I've clocked off at the end of the day, unless it's something important that I'm expecting and waiting for, and it's been agreed upon with a client, I don't check my emails. I don't get my notifications, my notifications turn off and I don't look at it again till the next morning. And that works the next morning when I'm sitting down at my desk, not the next morning when I'm waking up. And it's like, that, that has been huge for me. Just like oh recognizing what triggers you and what stresses you out and adjusting accordingly is big. Mm-hmm. I can totally relate to that because I was the same way with email. It was definitely yeah. from my corporate days because yeah. it was like, yeah. you got an email, you had to respond to it right you away. respond. Like, exactly. There was no lag time. Yeah. <laughs> there was yeah. lag time, you're doing something It's wrong. a race. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yes, yeah. Exactly. It's a race to see who can burn out the fastest first. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I had to even take it to the next level. And like get a completely different work phone because oh, really, uh, yeah, I noticed that like nice. even like checking social media late at night or like first thing in the morning when I woke up yep. or yep. checking my email, like it was, it was bad. And then I would, I don't know, let's just say I would see an email that I didn't necessarily want to see in my inbox yeah. first thing in the morning, the rest of my That's day it. was ruined. That's it. Yeah. Why am I doing this to myself? No. Why do we, you, why do, we do that? accessing that information and those tasks and stuff when you're in the mindset to deal with them. When I'm sitting down at my desk and I know I'm the same with social media, I've really backed off on my social media business account in terms of just like sitting and scrolling. Like I just, I was finding that also quite stressful, just being so caught up in that business mindset constantly. I think getting a second phone is so great. I bet that's been huge for you. Oh, it's, it's been so huge. My husband, he got a new phone. So I just took his old phone. I was like, we're just going to save this one. And I'm going to use it. And now it's funny because my son uses it the majority of the time to like play music on there. So it's like, it's like my phone and my son's phone. It's it's funny, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, whatever you need to do, I guess, to push away the things that don't trigger you is yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's Um, different for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about where intuition played a role in this. I'm sure it was like sporadic throughout, but was there any one point where, because you're clearly very like type A individual, like coming from the corporate world, traditional corporate world into starting your own business, burning yourself out. So I'm sure that you were like very stuck in the masculine energy. Am I right about that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Totally relate to that as well. Yeah. <laughs> so was there like a, like a tipping point when you're like, okay, I need, I need to figure out what this feminine energy intuition stuff is all about. Um, I wouldn't say there's an exact point. I think for me, it was a slow burn. I mean, I feel like I've always been quite intuitive. I feel like I've always, even if I've ignored it, I've always had signs, triggers, physical reactions to things that help me know 
what my intuition is saying to me. And for me, it all starts in my gut. Like I get this visceral gut reaction of like feeling a little bit sick. It's sitting there. I can't seem to work my way through it. Like that's how it starts. And, but for me to actually like take action on that, I'm a bit of a slow burner. Like I, I sort of sit in it, think about it, endure it for a while before making any change. So I don't think for me necessarily it was one thing, but I, I had learned, I, I've sort of been in this space for a while, but I didn't fully understand the masculine and feminine in a business and why it's so important to have both. And also how I was super in my masculine, just go, go, go work, work, work all the time. I think it was when I sort of learned about that concept earlier in the year that it kind of shone a light on how I was operating. And I was like, I don't want to be like that. Like, I don't want that to be, that's not why I started this business. That's not, you know, what I'm trying to build for my future. And so I just, I think it was an accumulation of a lot of things though, because I was getting these little gut instincts that some of the clients I was working with, we weren't aligned anymore. The way of working wasn't aligned anymore and that it wasn't sustainable for me to carry on that way because I was getting signs of my symptoms from fibromyalgia or I was getting, you know, those, those gut reactions. So I knew something needed to change. And I think for me, in terms of listening to my intuition, it's that it's listening. It's like taking time to sit with myself and assess what is going on, what is going wrong? What do I want this to look like? So, um, I think I was, I was lucky to be gifted this opportunity recently where I did make changes in my business. You know, one of the things I knew I needed to do was streamline my communication because that over and over again was causing me stress. And also I was like, I've been in this business for almost a year. I don't really feel like I'm charging my worth and I want to make some changes in that area. So I let all my clients know that some changes were coming in six weeks time And these were the changes that were happening. And what happened as a result was um, I lost half my clients. So I had half of my clients say that they wouldn't be working with me anymore for various reasons, which is absolutely fine. But I really questioned my intuition at that point. I was like, what have I done? Like, I felt like this was the right thing to do. And I have now effectively just thrown a bomb into the middle of my business and like blown it up. The one blessing of that, in losing over half my income was that we were in lockdown in Sydney, Australia. We have had been for the last three and a half months. We've just come out of it. Yay. But um, we were in lockdown. And so my expenses were lower. So I had this time where I wasn't under this super financial strain to fill those spots really quickly. And so what I did effectively was just take a month off. Like I still had my other clients, but I didn't rush to fill those spots. I was just like, I'm going to use that time to just sit and assess and think about what is working and what is not working. And I really did just tune into my intuition. Like I think it when I actually give it the space to emerge and I'm not working all the time and socializing all the time and like filling every single gap in my week, the messages that are true to me come to me quite quickly. So I think taking that time and taking time in my everyday as well, like the mornings where it's slow and the afternoons where I can go for a walk, that's time that I... It gives me space to just sort of get in my head in a good way, get, not get in my head, get in my heart and realize what I actually want and need from this business and the future. And I think that's been really helpful, listening to my intuition and going with it, you know, not resisting it so hard for so long. And that's been a lesson to learn for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So when you say 
sitting with your intuition, what does that mean? Like, are you meditating? I know you mentioned going out on walks, but yeah. Are, are you actively meditating? Are you journaling? Are you just like sitting on your couch and staring at a wall? Like, what does it look like for you specifically? It's a bit of everything. Like, I think I'm, I'm, I sort of feel into what I need in the moment because I used to be someone who was very like, I have to have a routine. It's wake up, it's meditate, it's journal, it's drink hot lemon water. It's go for like, I used to have this real, sorry, I shouldn't have said it in that voice because some people do that and that's absolutely fine. But for me, I was like restricting myself and wasn't giving myself what I need. And so now it's like, if I want to meditate, I meditate and things come to me when I am consistent with my meditation. If I want to journal, I'll journal. If I want to just go for a walk. And for me, it's really hard to not go for a walk and listen to a podcast. And I've had to train myself to just go for a walk without listening to anything. And that's been huge for me. Even if it's just like a 20, 30 minute walk of like walking out in nature, very lucky to live right by the beach. There's beautiful areas to walk around. If I just walk and go for a walk, knowing that I'm about to process some things, like I've got some something in my head that I need to work my way through, that's huge for me. So I think it's just like feeling what I need in order to tap into my intuition at any one time. And it's it's a combination of those three things. It's meditating, it's journaling, and it's going going for a walk quietly, you know, without distraction. Um, and it doesn't always come to me straight away, but a combination of those three things consistently can help me get to an answer that I know to be true. And like, it's always as well, it's always like talking to someone, like talking to a friend or running an idea by someone, but I kind of feel like that's just me validating something that's already an answer for me, you know, just like running it by someone, but knowing that I already know what the, what the answer needs to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that you're giving yourself this flexibility to just kind of like do what feels good because I was the person yeah. that you were talking about. Like I have to wake up at this time. I have to journal at so this was time. I. Yeah. And it was, yeah. and then there would be days where I would wake up and I was like, I don't really want to journal today. I'm like, no. why am I forcing myself to journal? Like that goes against yeah. the whole <laughs> purpose yeah. of journaling. Exactly. Exactly. And I know that that routine works for so many people. And I tried for so long, like the amount of times I've sat down and like written out like 6am this, 6.20 this, 6.30 this, like I've done that and like I've tried it, but it just doesn't work for me. And I think for everyone, it's finding what works for you and what feels nourishing for you. Mm -hmm. As long as you tap into your intuition at at some point during the day, right? Absolutely. And I, and I think that's it. It's like, doing a check. Like I've got a friend who sets an alarm every morning at 11 o'clock. And that for her is like, she checks in, she checks in on her breathing. She checks in on how she's feeling. She checks in on what she needs. Does she need a lunch break? Does she need a nap? Like, I love that because it's like making time every day to just tune in. And when I was working so much, particularly when, well, my previous job, but particularly when starting this business, when I was just working, 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 I wasn't giving myself that time. And I know how important it is to me. So it's, it's not ignoring those signs and it's, it's making time. I mean, it's the, I really can't see how I got through it without that time to check in with myself before because it, it's what sets me up for a good day. It's what helps me wind down at the end of the day. It helps me make decisions. It helps me make more, feel more peaceful about what I'm about to face the next day or the next week with work. So even if it's just a couple of minutes every day, it's, it's, it's really a huge game changer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know that you don't have kids. So no, I, don't. I do want to talk to the moms who are listening right now, because yeah. I have, well, it's time recording this two and a half year old who is wild and insane and is sleeping less and less 
every single day. And yeah. I know we're going to get rid <laughs> yeah. of nap times pretty soon. <laughs> but <laughs> if, if you're thinking like, there's no way I can dedicate like 20 minutes to myself a day, like oh. start small, right? Like totally start with five minutes, like lay in your bed after your alarm goes off, or if you don't use an alarm or whatever, and just lay there for five yeah. minutes. Like that's how I started doing it. Cause I was like, okay, I could find a pocket of five minutes yeah, and then I would just build it up. And now I'm up to like crazy, like two hours in the morning, but I do wake yeah, wow. up early to make early. that happen. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't to need be to be, it, it doesn't need to be long five minutes. Right. Like, you know, there are, there are days I've got projects due and all sorts of things where like, there are some days that are way busier than others. And while I say I work nine to five, every now and then things happen. And it doesn't work out that way. But five minutes is sometimes, or even a couple of minutes just to like breathe and tune in mm-hmm. and think about what you need, I think is, is really all you need. I've got a, a friend who um, she's got children and she does it when she drives home from work, which she hasn't been doing the last few months because of the pandemic, but she'll drive home and she'll just sit in the car for a few minutes before she goes inside. Like just a few minutes to like regroup and think about what she needs it doesn't have to be long. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just honoring yourself for a couple of minutes every day. Yeah. And my favorite way to do it, I don't know about you, but is just to focus on my breathing too. Yeah. Like it, especially if you're new to it and you're like, I have no idea to be, I, I don't know how to be quiet with myself. Just literally focus on yep. your breathing for yep. five minutes. It's hundred percent. And then it's going to be seven minutes a couple yep. of days later. And then it's going to be yep. 10 minutes and then it's going to be 12 and yep. then it's going to be 15. And then you're going to be doing it for and it will be a habit because it's such yeah. a nice, nourishing thing to do for yourself, even if it's five minutes of breathing and not even breathing in a certain way, just like being conscious of how you're breathing, like that will become this anchor point in your day. So it, it's a beautiful habit to keep up. And if you can stretch that out further and further, like you've been able to do, amazing. Yeah. And I mean, it also helps, like there's moments just in my day when I get really frustrated with something and I'm like, okay, yeah. focus on my breathing focus yeah. on everything. And that yeah, yeah, also yeah. helps to rein me in too. So a hundred percent. Yeah. So just breathing, obviously we need to breathe to live, but yeah, on that is a really good pattern interrupter too. So definitely that's a helpful tip. Um, now before we wrap up, I, I just want to know like, what are, what are things like in Australia right now? Like at the time of recording this, it's October, 2021. So just to give yeah. some insight, but first I want to know just like, what is entrepreneurship like in Australia? And then what's going on in terms of like COVID? Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I'm very new to the entrepreneur space in Australia. I think it's definitely something that has obviously grown over the last, you know, with, with um, the online age over the last few years, but personally, my understanding of it in the last 18 months or almost two years of the pandemic, it has just absolutely taken off. Like, hearing on podcasts and articles I'm reading like the amount of people who have gone out and tried to tried and successfully started their own business in the last 18 months um, has been enormous and I'm sure that's the case all over the world but obviously the pandemic was sort of a wiping the slate clean for a lot of people who either lost their jobs or realized this isn't making me happy to go out and create an online business so I think it's it's definitely a growing industry and one that is not going to lose its steam anytime. So like, I actually can't ever see it losing its steam. It's just really, really taken off. And I think I feel very lucky to have stepped into it at this time because there are a lot of women who have gone before me, but they're to look up to and to, to seek advice from and mentorship from and that kind of thing. But there are a lot of women who are going through the process, not just women, but a lot of women going through the process at the exact same time as me. And that has been so supportive and so helpful 
to just, you know, talk through things and and run ideas past and whinge about things if you need to. Like it's actually, it's such a nice mix of like people who have gone and done it successfully before you and others who are on the same journey as you. So it's it's definitely a much bigger and growing industry here, particularly in the online space. Um, and with, with COVID, I mean, last year, Australia, we seem to nip that thing in the bud really quickly and we're all celebrating ourselves. Um, but it, we got hit by the Delta strain um, mid, the middle of this year and pretty much the whole country went into lockdown um, and have been for the last three and a half months. So we just opened back up again two weeks ago and it's a sort of, you know, there's two different groups of people. There's people that just like rush straight back out and then there's people like me who are a little bit more cautious about that re-entry um, but really hoping now that vaccination rates are where they are, that we won't have to face another lockdown like we've done Um you know, twice now, long stretches. This is my, that was my third lockdown. So it's, it's been pretty, um, pretty brutal, but I feel very lucky to be working now in a, in a business that means I can do it anywhere, anytime from home. You know, I've been able to adjust quite quickly and was very lucky to maintain some of my really, really strong clients who also run online businesses. So yeah, it's, it's been a wild time, but I feel very lucky to be in the position I'm in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, thank you so much for sharing all of that. And I'm so glad that you were here. And I know that so many people are going to benefit this, whether they have a chronic illness or not, whether they tapped into their intuition yet or yeah. not. But um, I feel like this is a really good conversation that just needed to happen to kind of like, like I said, peel back the curtain on what yeah. actually happens behind the scenes. So thank you again for being here. And where can people find you if they want to connect with you? Of course. Well, firstly, thank you for letting me share my story. I haven't been able to, I haven't really shared that part of, of um, working with a chronic condition before. So it was, it was nice to do it in a safe space with you. So thank you. Um, and yes, I'm on Instagram at evolve underscore virtual support. Um, so come and find me there. I, I don't operate on other social platforms. Instagram is enough for me at the moment, um, but I do really enjoy connecting with people there and sharing my story and hearing theirs and lending support. So yeah, come and find me there. Amazing. Thank you again, Ashley. You are always so sweet and great to talk to. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Behind Their Business podcast with me, Steph Blake of The Blake Collective, which is a female-led company focused on helping online entrepreneurs start and scale their own businesses. If you or someone you know would make a great guest for the show, we would love to interview you. Visit our website at behindtheirbusiness.com to submit a short application and learn more about the show and how you can support our mission. If you enjoyed the show, we would love for you to share it with a friend or a loved one too. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Thank you again for listening to the Behind Their Business podcast.